0: I am convinced that we as individuals and then as a married couple, if we were living what God intends to be the normal Christian life in tune with the counselor, the Holy Spirit, he sent to guide and empower us, our marriages would be setting us apart from the rest of the world. And it's not happening too often. So why? Why are so many Christian marriages in trouble, and why do so many end in the tragedy of divorce? The answer is amazingly simple, but with profound implications. From years of marriage counseling, we are convinced that most Christians today do not understand how God wants to accomplish His work in our lives and in our homes. And as a result, The vast majority of us, we have mediocre lives and mediocre marriages, little different from our unsaved friends. If we, as individuals and as couples, were living what God intends to be the Christian life, in tune again with the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, it would be different. We would experience far more healthy and where necessary, healed families, and far fewer divorces. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants our marriages to be a reflection of His power and His presence. We could enjoy all that God intends for our marriage relationship if we would merely live the Christian life. But what is that quote, normal Christian life, end quote? Well, the answer is not hard to find, it's spelled out in the Bible. We could look at many passages that come at this subject from distinct perspective, but let's consider just a few to get started. In the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul made the point to his readers that they were no longer required to obey the Jewish law first given to Moses. Instead, they and we were free and should live by faith under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And what qualities would the Spirit produce in those yielded to Him? What would be the fruit of His work in our lives? Paul listed those distinctives in chapter 5 of Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we're living as God intends, the Spirit will be developing these qualities in us, and they will be clearly visible in our lives personally and in our marriages. But if we don't walk in the power of the Spirit, we will naturally walk in the power of the flesh or sin, and that produces sexual immorality, relational hostility, and emotions such as anger and bitterness. Notice that the very first thing that we should see is love. Jesus said the same thing when he identified the trait that would mark us as his disciples. And I quote, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And immediately after that, the Lord talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit. The unique capacity to love is made possible by the Holy Spirit's work in us. We are to love one another as the Savior loves us. Love sacrificially, without condition, putting the other person's needs ahead of our own. That's not easy, to say the least, but that's the kind of love the Spirit wants to produce in us and in our relationships. Next, the normal Christian life should be characterized by joy. Be joyful always, Paul said. Even when things aren't going as well as we'd like, we can have a deep, abiding joy in the Lord when we're walking each and every day in step with the Spirit. And the next character quality is peace. If there's anything that people in our culture seem to need, well, it's peace. So few of us, including Christians, appear to have it. Yet it's a natural part of the Spirit's effective presence in our lives. In fact, immediately after Jesus gave the promise of the coming of the Spirit in John chapter 14, he added, quote, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And that's John chapter 14, verse 27. It's God's peace, a divine peace, and only He can give it. But that's exactly what He wants to do through the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we have peace with God, which allows us, then, to have peace with one another. And then, patience. Patience is another part of the fruit of the Spirit, another mark of the normal Christian life and marriage. In the famous love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul first talked about the importance of love. Then in verse 4, he began to describe love, and the first thing he said was, love is patient. It it suffers long in relationship to the actions of the other. When we and our spouse aren't seen eye to eye, or when our spouse does his or her annoying habit for at least the ten thousandth time, how do we respond? If the spirit is in control, we respond patiently. We also respond with kindness. Love is kind. It was Paul's very next description in First Corinthians thirteen, in verse four. It has been said that it is too often true. That we tend to treat strangers better than we treat the members of our own family, including our spouse. If we were to ask your spouse whether you treat him or her kindly, what answer would we get? If you're like us, there are times when the answer would be painful to hear. Yet here again, kindness is part of what the Spirit is eager to produce in each individual life and in our marriages. Now our lives are also to be marked by goodness, This quality, like those that make up the fruit of the Spirit, mirrors the very nature of God Himself. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, we read, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Goodness means praiseworthy character, moral excellence. Would those around you say you have those? Would your spouse be able to say that? If the Spirit is allowed to work in you, you'll have them more and more, these characteristics. Faithfulness is the next part of the Spirit's fruit. It means dependability and loyalty. It means that when we say something, we'll do something. We'll do it. We do what we say. We do what we promise. It means that even in those times when we don't particularly like our spouse, we still keep our vows, including the one to protect our marriage bed. Deuteronomy chapter 7, and verse 9, describes God as, quote, the faithful God keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commands, end quote. His people in turn are to be called the faithful, Psalm 31, verse 23. Like the other dimensions of the fruit of the Spirit, this one isn't easy. In fact, only the Spirit can develop faithfulness in us. And that's exactly what He wants to do. Gentleness. Another characteristic of the normal Christian life in marriage isn't one that we're always eager to seek, especially those of us who are men. That's because men usually equate this with weakness, which they definitely don't want. But that's not what the Bible has in mind when it tells us, for example, quote, let your gentleness be evident to all, end quote. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. Biblically, gentleness means power under control. Think of a huge, powerful horse, uh, able to pull a heavy wagon for miles. That's tremendous energy, enormous strength there. But it's under control. It's not running wild. It's not going off in every direction, doing more harm than good. It's harnessed. It's productive. It's being used for a positive purpose. Well, that's the kind of gentleness the Spirit brings in those who are yielded to Him. Our Christian lives and relationships should be characterized also by self-control. As I have said before, when under a lot of pressure, I have at times been impatient and insensitive with uh, my wife, Terry. If ever there's a clear sign that I'm not in touch with the Spirit, that's it. But he's been working in me in this area, and I can honestly say that he has uh, helped me a great deal, and I'm doing a lot better. In fact, I wouldn't mind if he asked Terry to confirm that statement. And finally, there is self-control. The dramatic increase in sexual sins and divorce among Christians in recent years is in part due to the decline in self-control in the body of Christ, especially in today's sex-saturated and me-first culture. Self-control can be very difficult. But that's no surprise to God. The writer of Proverbs recognized both the importance and the challenge of self-control when he wrote, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city, end quote. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 32. Once again, only the spirit can develop that kind of self-control in us as we relate to each other in marriage, and that's what he will do more and more as we cooperate with him. So how does it happen? How does the Holy Spirit transform our lives so that we experience love, joy, peace, and all the relational delights in our lives? I believe Paul gives us the answer in Galatians chapter 2, and verse 20. He wrote these words, quote, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When we see ourselves as having died with Christ and we put to death our own desires, our own agenda, the Holy Spirit begins to reproduce the life of Christ in us. When we surrender control of our lives to the Holy Spirit, He magnifies Jesus Christ in us. And then we begin to relate to others the way our Savior does. In essence, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the product of Christ living His life through us as we respond to the leading and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus promised a counselor, he was telling his disciples that his very life would be made real in them by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That gives us a basic overview of the normal Christian life and marriage as it can look like when two people are committed to Jesus Christ and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. But let me ask you this question your personal life? Are you walking under the control of the Holy Spirit? Another question, how well are you doing in terms of your marriage? Are the two of you walking together with Jesus Christ in the power of His Holy Spirit? Well, there's a lot more I would love to share, but we're out of time for today. What what I have been sharing is from a book entitled The Marriage Maker, a book I wrote with my wife, Cherry. It's about how the Holy Spirit, in a very practical way, brings about change in our lives so that we can have the kind of marriages that God fully intends.